Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. If you want to listen live, all you have to do is download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Also, if you want to catch this show on video, be sure to check out Zumo TV, channel 719. That's where you can find SportsGrid's Fantasy Sports Network. Enjoy the show, and thanks so much for listening. And good morning. Welcome to Fantasy Sports Today on this May 6, 2020. Craig Mish along with Joe Pizzapia back with you for another edition of the show as we get into a lot on this program about fantasy, reality, some sports betting as well, hoping for sports to come back, hoping everybody is safe. Joe, uh, how are things going for you on this early morning? Everything going well? Things are going great. Already put a diamond bet show in the can, uh, the left field edition. So very productive day. I also decided, you remember that ESPN beat the streak thing, right? We had to get things right. And I figure we're in kind of a, we're in an empty time right now. There's not a whole lot going on. There's more coming, obviously, and that's, that seems to be working towards a positive. I know NFL schedule comes out later this week. That'll be fun. But I thought we could do a new beat the streak is how many days in a row can I host with Craig Mish? Because (laughs) there's been different... Uh, streaks over the years, and maybe yeah. we could start getting FanDuel uh, Sportsbook involved. We could start wagering on this. I think sure. this has a lot of traction. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I, I never want to set an over-under with you, Joe, but, <laughs> but, but um, I, I mean, I, I would You're say Between that four days and the rest of your I, life. I would say that over, it's, I would not set the over at four days. I think it's the <laughs> I, think I, would, I, would pro- I would probably go over there, but if it was 40, I may go less. You know, it's like, I don't know. We'll see. Um, but either way, uh, Craig and Joe with here every day from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern here on SportsGrid. Also, don't forget Scott Farrell. Uh, His show in the afternoon every day is live. Make sure you catch him now every afternoon. You can call in the show, watch the show live as well at sportsgrid.com. He is coast to coast. Make sure you catch that show now live every single day right here on SportsGrid. So uh, first, before we get into some football talk, Joe, any interest at all in the Korean Baseball League that started last night? The KBO, we played very late at night. I will give full transparency I did not stay up to watch it. I did go back this morning just to kind of see what happened. My buddy Dan Straley, of course, is pitching out there, so I'm excited to see him do well. Uh, Odrisimer Despagne, another former Marlin, was involved in that. You know Despagne, Joe, years ago used to be somewhat (laughs) fantasy-relevant, like seven years ago, maybe perhaps. Mm, Uh, You know, I, I think that it's cool to have it. Let's start with that. It's cool to see people talking about it. But I think that that's about is where it's probably going to stop, you know, like getting like involved in fantasy at this point with me for it. And and I know some people even here at SportsGrid, they've chosen to go the wagering route on it. Okay, great. Have at it. Have fun. But for me, it's still going to be really about baseball, although I will say it is cool to see some Major League Baseball players and baseball being back, although, of course, there's nobody in the stands. Yes. Well, if you couldn't get enough Dixon Machado. This is KBO for you. That's right. All the former uh, Marlins are there. All the former Marlins are there. What does that tell you, Greg? I'm curious. What's the message being sent? Yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you what. This is uh, it, baseball is better than no baseball, right? And I always think it's fun to see different brands of baseball. Japanese baseball, Korean baseball, American baseball. And even when you see baseball played in the Dominican Republic and places like that, there's a different flavor to the game. Uh, depending on where it's coming from. So I think that's fun. Did I watch it and stay up to 1 in the morning? No, because I'm old and I can't do that. I can barely stay kids. up to 1130 and, and watch. I wanted it was so bad to see the new Rick and Morty. i have been waiting months for the new one to come out, and I could barely stay awake from that the other night. So, no, but I will say this. If it's on or rebroadcast at 7 p.m., 
there's a good chance I'm watching it then. And I want to flick around and see some of the guys playing. But uh, I think it's just good to have some sports. And hopefully, uh, I, I know in some of the leagues, too, they had robot fans. I don't know if you they saw did. that, yeah. which was kind of interesting. So you have the robot fans. You also have uh, some of the mannequins in the stands, too. But the mannequins were wearing surgical masks, which I thought was a little odd. Is it not safe for mannequins? I guess that's my question. I guess so. Yeah, I mean, look, the KBO is very strong. They've been around a long time. Mm -hmm. And I would not say that it's a fly-by-night league at all. But but what will happen is the interest very quickly is going to wane, and it's going to go away, just like everything else. I mean, people get hot for something when it's new, and then... It's yeah. the slap bracelet of our sports in 2020. Do you remember slap bracelets? I don't know. There's do. a little. Okay. I, I wasn't sure. You know, I know there's a couple of years between us. You throw it on there and then it. That's, it's, yeah. Oh, right, people okay. had so the coolest kid in school had like seven on each arm and he was rocking it. He looked like oh, a, yeah, was yeah, a superhero. And then by somewhere like six two weeks, weeks later. In two weeks, no one yeah. will be talking about the KBO on our show, on any show on SportsGrid. Uh, all right. That's, I, that's I, my I, prediction. I, I'm with you on that. Oh, once we're getting and that's our... no indictment on the, the KBO either. It's just you got to. Something be tells me there will be, still be people betting on it though. After <laughs> well, if there's not, well, I, I, you know, I think NASCAR is the next thing hmm. that we can all. There, there should be a really good opportunities with NASCAR because it's it makes sense. There's legitimate NASCAR drivers. You don't really have to have the fans. And from a betting perspective, that would be the first thing that I would be interested in diving into, even though I've never done it before. Because it is relatively easy, Joe. You're picking the driver to win. You're picking the driver to finish second. You pick the driver to finish third. You have over-unders on how they will finish. It's simple. It is easy. It is not difficult. On that, I'm not saying that it's easy to win. I'm saying that it's easy to understand it. In terms of the KBO, you're literally betting on teams you've never seen play, players you have no idea who they are, pitchers for the most part that you've never seen pitch. And so if you want to throw those darts, have at it. If you want to, the next day, come on your show on any network and say, oh, I'm awesome. I want or have at it you are guessing yeah i would you i would guessing. support that message i, I agree you, <laughs> you are, are guessing. <laughs> you are guessing and i will and i will guess too and try to give the best advice possible but if that requires being up at three o'clock in the morning then i will be guessing uh about you know what what time i wake up the over under on 7 a.m okay <laughs> So uh, from baseball, at least we got baseball here at the top of the show. It's a miracle. Look at from that. Ba- see? And everyone first... was asking for it, and there you yeah. have it. There it is. Now it's gone. So from, <laughs> base- from baseball to football we go. The story from yesterday is Frank Gore's the big story, I guess. Frank Gore uh, signs with the New York Jets. Frank Gore, who is just a carry stealer from uh, from other players in the NFL. He's been doing it for years. He did it in Miami with Drake. He did it last year with Singletary. The question is, is he going to do it again with Le'Veon Bell? My mm. gosh, it would seem so hard to believe that again we're going to go down this road. By the way, Frank Gore's a Hall of Famer. Yes, and sure. for the first 10 years of his career was an elite player at his position. He no longer is. And from fantasy, you know, look, he's the handcuff, clearly. But, Joe, is it another road to go down in fantasy this year, taking Le'Veon Bell, having his 16 carries for 72 yards and getting near the goal line, and then old Adam Gase to send in Gore to get that one-yard touchdown? I mean, I hate to say it, but I think it's possible. Listen, not only is it possible, it's probable, and I hate life right now. I hate this uh, because Le'Veon Bell is somebody who's still got a few good years left in him here at the running back position. Frank Gore, God bless him. I mean, he's been incredible. How to withstand the the damage he's taken over the years, 
as a running back in the NFL over this period of time is astonishing. And he is a Hall of Famer just for that alone. But then you look at the numbers, that's exactly where he is. He stacks up very well comparably. Is he elite? No. But he is one of these guys that I think you look at. It's almost like the Craig Biggio effect. If you're looking at baseball and football, a guy who's just been there and been solid and been productive for a very long period of time. And, and that does matter. That is significant in the game. And he's helped a lot of teams win, too. This is so frustrating. And this is Adam Gase doing it again. He did it a couple years ago with Frank Gore, and I got pissed off about it. And now he's doing it again with his old buddy Frank Gore. And I just I, – I have had it. It's so frustrating to watch Adam Gase, who came into a situation of cap room, of having a player like Adams, who is a bright young star. He's alienated him. Uh, we have Le'Veon Bell, who was signed, and before he could even get on the field, he was already talking crap about how he didn't want Le'Veon Bell on the team in the first place. I mean, this is the, it's the strangest scenario I've ever seen. If you're a head coach, and it's sort of like, you know, some kid, like you're giving him, I don't know, like some sort of like construction set or something fun, like, oh, here's all these blocks or whatever, right? And you can build all these things with these blocks, and they're brand new, and I want you to have them. You got a young quarterback, you got Le'Veon Bell, you got all these things. Go build something. And what he started to do was like, I don't like these blocks. I'm going to take some blocks from other places and try to jam them in. And it's not like Legos. It's like some other crap bland. It's like Mega Duplo? Block or something. Duplo? Oh, no, Duplo is still Lego. So oh, it Duplo is? is just bigger Lego. These are okay. important facts here on Fantasy Sports Today. But you're taking the Mega Block and you're taking the Lego and you're trying to make them all work. But they don't always match up. And right. it's crazy. And then does anything get supported? Does anything get built? No. See, there's a metaphor there. The Jets are not building anything by bringing in Frank Gore because they have Le'Veon Bell. Le'Veon Bell is a number one workhorse running back. And yeah, you would say, oh, it's just the depth, except it's not. Except it's Frank Gore and it's Adam Gaze and it's going to be more nonsense of the same. It's what held Kenny and Drake back. It's going to end up eventually holding Le'Veon Bell back this year again. If I'm Le'Veon Bell, I am furious and I'm looking for some way out of the Jets. But I don't know if there is a way out, Craig. Not with the money that he's making. Nope. And that's the misery of the situation. So in fantasy, this is significant. You gave a good Lego. I mean, I didn't I expect Legos to be brought up here. Metaphors, Lego. I, I thought mean, e- I got... maybe Egos. Well, we could do a waffle metaphor later if I you mean, like. Maybe. I I love Le- Legos is not something that came to mind. No, well, I mean, but you know what I'm talking about. You, well, they're all building blocks. I know no, exactly not. what I'm talking about. So let they're me. Not. So let's do this. So for fun, let's set let's set a couple of uh, of FanDuel sportsbook lines because I know that they take all my odds and watch the show. They watch our show they and then they, they make do. the odds based on what I say. I, mean, I know they know do. Yeah. All right. So I'm gonna start off with Le'Veon Bell's touchdowns for 2020. I'm gonna set the number. At seven and a half, over or under? <laughs> oh, God. Overall touchdowns or rushing touchdowns? Overall. Uh, overall, I'll go over, but not by much. Don't I don't think it gets the double digits. Yeah. No, no. How can we? I, I wouldn't think we? you I think it's a good number. It makes how me feel good that you went, oh, because well, that means you in my know. head, I was thinking seven, and then you said seven and a half. Now, let me, now let me give you Frank Gores. <laughs> okay. Three and a half. Yep. I'll I'll go over. It's gonna be four. <laughs> wow. That's what's gonna happen. It's gonna be four for Frank, Frank Gore. Gore's gonna be starting nine. for us in fantasy again. Oh, and nine for Le'Veon Bell. And and the worst part is it's gonna come on the heels probably of a game where Le'Veon Bell's having a good game and like he has like 150 all-purpose yards or something like that. And then there's Frank Gore falling in the right. end zone uh, uh, and on some counter play. Uh, it's just it's so frustrating. And you look at this Jets offense. I don't know how good it's gonna be. I mean, I know Mims is, was a nice pickup where they got him. But you're putting an awful lot on that kid to be a number one wide receiver. Not that Robbie Anderson was all pro, but geez, man, I don't. I just keep looking at the Jets, and I just 
Didn't I he just get Perryman? Rashad Perryman? <laughs> I like you're, him. Though. You're making was, my argument for him. He was me, really right? good at the end of last year. He had a couple moments at the end of last year, but I uh, thought he was pretty good. Yeah. Is Rashad Perryman really the guy to build an offense? Is he a number one wide receiver? Is he a guy that other defenses? I, I, think, he, I think he gets 800 yards and six touchdowns this year. No, Ugh, maybe not only because they're playing from behind. Know. You're probably right because they're playing from behind. I'm just, but I'm just you know, I'm just throwing some. And if you're a Jet fan, how pissed are you? Tom Brady's finally out of the division, and you're sitting there, and Adam Gase is your head coach, and they well, keep doing that's things more. Of, that's more play. of the point. I mean, Gore is an afterthought. In all likelihood, but the more of the point is, is that yes, you know, you have a, a chance now for so there's a legitimate shot for somebody to unseat the Patriots, and you look at yeah. the Jets and you think it's probably not them. That's the frustration. Definitely not them. So. You, you actually probably think that Miami is closer even than uh, than the Jets are. You know, you know Miami. From a fighting them. perspective, that team showed a lot of fight last year, don't you think? I I think it was very impressive. Don't remind me about the end of the year there. Was I, I won't. I, I know. You. We've talked about that on Lots this show Lots of pushing for Craig Mish. Yeah, I remember. All right. Uh, we're off and running here on the show. When we come back, it's this day in fantasy sports history and this day in fantasy sports birthdays. Craig Mish, Joe Pizzapia, right with you here on Fantasy Sports Today on Sports Grid. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build and optimize lineups for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. Welcome back to Fantasy Sports Today, right here on SportsGrid, sportsgrid.com. Also, some great apps that you can watch the show on your iPhone, your Android phone, any kind of phone you have, also your iPad, any kind of of the uh, sticks that you do to watch shows on your television. I sound like I'm 100, but I really do know what I'm talking about. <laughs> hey, you want to watch our show with your sticks, sticks and phones? You got to grab your sticks. You know what they say, Craig? <laughs> sticks and phones may broadcast my show. But uh, but this footage will never harm me. I got, I gotta say that I a uh, year ago I had no idea. Well, I had a I had a like a Sony stick years ago. I had no idea about the Amazon Fire Stick. Mm-hmm. It is an amazing. Oh thing. yeah, had it for three years now in the house, almost four. Yeah. It's terrific. Yeah, it's it's fantastic, and um, you know I don't know how I went without it for so long. But yeah, anyway, on the Amazon Fire Stick they have Pluto TV. So you literally on the Fire Stick can just go to your apps, download Pluto TV, and uh, you can watch our show every day from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern. I know some of you are out there have asked me, hey, why can't I watch the show on TV? You can. You just have to have one of those streaming sticks. You can. And, of course, if you have a, a, TV, a smart TV, you could just go to YouTube. You could also watch there or just go on the web and go to sportsgrid.com. So you can watch our show in many different ways. And the audio version on the show is populated every day over on iTunes. And wherever you basically hear any of your podcasts, you can go back and listen to Joe and I uh, basically babble for two hours about sports. So you're welcome. We Did I thank you? I don't know. No, I mean, I'm, I'm telling all the people that they're welcome for all for all oh, the babble that we give them every day. I yeah, they're no, no, you're welcome too. Hey, you want to be welcome? I haven't eaten I'll dinner welcome yet. You, thank me after that. All, all right, right. So uh, May the 6th, 2020. We're going to go back and take a look at this day in fantasy sports history. Joe, you ready to go? I am ready to go, Craig Mish. All right, let's knock it out. Starting off in 1915, Babe Ruth. I used to make fun of Joe Ranieri saying, uh, Joe Ranieri was three years old when this happened, so I won't use that same <laughs> joke with you. Well, uh, younger ba- than ba- you, so it's not going to be a good one. <laughs> 
Jordan was six. <laughs> Babe Ruth makes his pitching debut, also hits his first home run with a, with him as a member of the Boston Red Sox. And so I thought that it would be, you know, essentially 20 years, 30 years, 40 years looking at it afterwards, Joe. But it looks like we finally have some pitchers and hitters in the big leagues. It started with Otani. And then uh, Brendan McKay is the other one. I don't know if Brendan McKay is really both, to be honest with you. I'm not really sure about that. Seems like just maybe more of a pitcher at this point. But I think Otani is the one that really comes yeah. to mind. Not that Otani is Babe Ruth, okay? I mean, let's not get stupid <laughs> here. But, but why did it take 100 years, essentially, for... It's a great question. It's a great question because, I mean, in... I mean, all the way up through high school, you know, I mean, people are pitching and then playing other positions. I mean, they're doing it. Athletes are athletes. So uh, if it, it, I think I think it's the hyper-specialization and, and this idea of, well, this is you, this is who you are, and wanting to always put people in a bubble. Uh, but it's going to be fascinating with the expanded rosters and the shortened season, uh, how those guys are going to interact. I mean, maybe McKay is going to get a little bit more time hitting the baseball <laughs> than we realize. Anything goes. I feel like this is a season here where – all bets are off, and I, I think Otani is in a unique position, too. Uh, he came into camp in phenomenal shape. I know everyone's in the best shape of their life, but this guy was ripped. Uh, and if this guy is really healthy, we've seen him hit the baseball, and we've seen him be very productive with the batter's box. And also, we've seen moments and flashes of him as a starter, which have been very good. There's potential for Shohei Otani to have a transcendent season here and become the talk of baseball in 2020 because – if he can do both of these things successfully and consistently, that's going to be the story of the year. Forget shortened season, forget all this stuff, to have a two-way player who might be able to maybe win an MVP pitching and hitting for his team, I think that's going to be fascinating. And the Angels kind of need him as a pitcher this year, too. I don't love this rotation, so that's going to be fascinating to watch. I'll tell you, man, I think Otani's in a great spot this year, and he's one of the guys I'm most excited about watching play this year. Me too. Me too. Could be a big year for him. We'll see. Good. The Angels uh, adding Rendon was you know, certainly. Look, more baseball. Look what we're doing. Yeah. I brought it back out. Back to uh, this day of fantasy sports. Shaquille O'Neal named NBA Rookie of the Year in 1993. I actually watched his his uh, show on TNT. He's got a reality show going yes. right now. Not bad. Shout yes. man. I'm a big fan of Shaquille O'Neal. I love Shaquille O'Neal. He's, he's, he's actually crazy. very. Uh, well, look, I, I can only say that from my media interactions with him. Mm-hmm. He's left a lot of places, and it hasn't gone well when he's left, like when he left L.A., when he left Miami, and even toward the end of his career. But he is a nice guy. He is a he was very nice to me when yeah, he was good, with the Heat. Very, great very, family, too. Very, his, uh, his stepdad I uh, got to know uh, in New Jersey because, obviously, from New Jersey, he lives there. And uh, he was a lovely man. Uh, the, the sergeant, I believe, or I, mean, yeah. I can't remember. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and... Uh, yeah, Shaquille O'Neal, I mean, when he came into the league, just there was nobody like him. I understand, you know, it was all the hack a shack oh, yeah. and he couldn't and he couldn't hit foul shots and all this stuff. But let me tell you something. The dominating presence of a man that big, that fast, the guy who was ripping down backboards. Nobody had ever seen anything like this. He was a monster unleashed in the NBA. And we kind of took it for granted. I mean, you never see anything like it. And it was kind of in some ways, Craig Mish, it was kind of the last great big man, right? Can can it we say like that? that? Yeah. It does. It's kind of like sad. That. Yeah. I mean, basketball used to be about the bigs, and now, now it just I, ain't. I was talking to our producer, uh, Brett, about that, about watching the the last dance, and it wasn't so much about that, but my gosh, like, where has the Carl Malone, David Robinson, Patrick Ewing, Hakeem Olajuwon, like, watching those guys in that video was like, wow, like, those were huge legends, and now yeah. 
Literally. Well, it's just a different game. All right. Uh, 1997, Rick Pitino named head coach of the Boston Celtics. I, I would not say that this was successful, for unfortunately, for Rick Pitino here. Uh, so we'll just move past that. 1998. Oh, oh, can, I, can I throw one Rick Pitino in thing? Go ahead. Because only because... I, you know, I, I'm not someone who likes to tell negative stories about people that I've gotten to interact with. Uh, I've interacted with a lot of people, both in the acting world and in the athletics world in my lifetime. He is definitely top three the worst. He top really? three the That's worst, miserable, horrible, unlikable person that I've ever had to deal with. And I don't know why. And that was the thing. It just Maybe it was a bad day, an awful thing, but I don't know, man. It was kind of in a professional. Uh, Rick Pitino, uh, not good. There's a list. We'll put them near the top. I'm short. I'm Italian. I think we get along. No, terrible. Sorry. <laughs> Kerry Wood in 1998 struck out. I'll remember watching this game during the day in Chicago where he broke Roger Clemens' record in his fifth Major League start. Wood went on to have a very successful career in Major League Baseball. I know that a lot of people thought more of him. They thought that he was going to be a transcendent-type pitcher, but injuries caught up to him a little bit. He became a reliever at the end of his career. And Barbaro, in 2006, one of the most popular horses of all time, of course, tragedy with Barbaro being injured in the race, uh, wins the uh, 132nd Kentucky Derby. Um, but Barbaro, they made movies about Barbaro. It was, really, it was you know, thought to be one of the greatest horses of all time, but unfortunately had to be uh, put down, if I'm not mistaken. Did I get that right? I don't know. I'm just hoping we make it through this show, you and I. I don't want to get put down. That sounds like a terrible thing. Pretty sure. That's By the way, Kerry Wood, Mark Pryor, is there a greater what-if duo in a rotation uh, that you can think of? The Mets, the Mets also, but no, no. But the Mets had those guys, too. With oh, well, Wilson and, and Pulsifer and yeah. Isringhausen, sure. Yeah. But, I mean, I'm talking about none no. of those guys were as good as Pryor and Wood when they were good. I mean, that that's a no. rotation that what could have been. I so. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Harvey, you know, with, with the rest of them, Matt Harvey. But Yeah, but DeGrom actually was good. So I'm trying to like. that way. And Syndergaard, yeah. listen, for everything was said about Syndergaard, he's a good pitcher. He's just he is a good pitcher. pitcher. He is a good pitcher. All right, so uh, we go from this day in fantasy sports to this day in fantasy sports birthdays, and here is the picture that you can see on your screen. Magnificent. Of, of uh, me and Willie Mays right there. Yeah. Happy birthday I mean, to Willie Mays, born in 1931. I wet, I met, I wet. I, yeah, I wet myself. I wet myself I met meeting him. Willie Mays. <laughs> <laughs> Who wouldn't? Uh, I don't know. I, it's, I, I met him twice. Mm-hmm. That right there, it's ironic that that picture right there, you know where that was, that was at Don Shula Steakhouse. Don Shula yeah. honored Willie Mays as like the historical athlete of all time. He, he did it every year with different people, and that year it was Willie Mays. So it was Don Shula was there and Willie Mays. Then many years later in 2004, my wife and I went on a trip to San Francisco, and somebody said, just a friend of ours said, hey, uh, before you go to the Giants game, go to this parking lot, go to this spot, stand there at this time, and Willie Mays is going to park, and he's going to come out of his car, he's going to go into the game. We're like, ah, okay, whatever, sure. That's not Lo and behold, that's exactly what happened. <laughs> and so she took her picture with Willie Mays. I have my picture with Willie Mays. And I would say, Joe, mm-hmm. that Willie Mays is the greatest living baseball player of all time. Is that I fair? Find, the- I, look, I wonder who, who gets that mantle afterwards. I, Why do we got to kill Willie Mays. Mays on the show, Joe? No, no, I'm just saying I don't want to kill Willie Mays. It's his birthday, and, you know, I, I do love the photo, though, as well. I love that you are making sure that your sunglasses don't go anywhere. You have the wrap around. I know. I was, that was just, back when, like, having the thing around was cool. That was, that was like, 
That was probably 2001, 2002. I, I didn't know that was cool. I didn't realize that. But Maybe I guess it never Florida, was cool, but it was Florida cool is a me. different place than New Jersey. I don't know. But you also, you kind of have like a, you know, you look like you kind of went to I like was, Beverly Hills High I School I was young. There. I was, yeah, you know, I said, that, like, I said this to my wife last night. I'll say it again here. I know what you want to know right there. I will not have the most successful media career of all time. I want it to be the best of all time. I want it. To, you know, we all have things that we aspire to be in life, and I've accomplished a lot of them. Maybe not all of them, but the one thing that anybody looking back that will not be able to or would be able to say about me is any time I had an opportunity to meet the legends, to interview the legends to travel, to do it all, I, I, I knocked a lot of things off my bucket list as a member of the media because I knew how special it was to be able to cover those things. And when I heard Willie Mays was going to be at Don Shula's being honored, I went there to meet Willie Mays. And there's still Willie time Mays. for you. I, there's still time for you, Craig. Mish. Maybe so. I, I don't want to say that. I think you're just hitting your stride. I mean, you just got me back in That's your life. That's what my wife said, too. Things are looking so. up. Right. She said things are looking up because Joe's back? No. I interviewed Michael Jordan. I'll tell you about that another time. All right, uh, 1972, Martin Brodeur was born, one of the greatest goaltenders of all time for sure. We only have two minutes, so we're going to run through these quickly. Jason Witten, is he a broadcaster? Is he a player? Is he either this year? Probably not, but no longer a member of the Cowboys, which is kind of sad. Uh, Chris Paul, of course, born in 1985, future NBA Hall of Famer. I don't know if Brett would agree or disagree with that. I think he's probably headed there. And, uh, and Jose Altuve, born in 1990, and that's what caps off our birthdays. Any thoughts, Joe, here as we close out on any of the uh, members of the well, May living, 6th birthday club? Living mostly in New Jersey for the last uh, 20 years or so, give or take, uh, Martin Brodeur, very popular fellow around here. Uh, he had some incredible runs there with the Devils, and the Devils were really fun to watch there. Scott Stevens and Brodeur and those teams in whole league. And uh, Jose Altuve, my favorite, my spirit animal. Five foot six, Jose Altuve, hitting bombs, winning titles, pissing people off, banging trash cans. I really don't care. Again, I don't care if you know it's coming or not. You still got to hit it. And I cannot wait for Jose Altuve to go out this year, have a transcendent season, maybe even challenge for an MVP, and get his team back to the World Series. Because I'm telling you right now, I got a good feeling about it, Greg Mish. A really good feeling. All right. I, th I think the Astros will be fine. Not, oh, not, more than fine. At all. Yeah, no, great team. I'm, I'm happy to see Bregman in better spirits, too, on social media. It was tough uh, seeing him in the spring. It was really eating him. But uh, things are going better for them a little bit, too. You probably hate me for saying that. That's fine. Uh, we got to take a timeout here on Fantasy Sports today. When we come back next, it's time for us to dive into the very next biopic in sports. What would we like to see either on ESPN or HBO or anywhere else? We'll tell you next right here on FST. Craig and Joe, we're back right after this. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. Welcome back to Fantasy Sports Today. It is Craig and Joe here with you on the program. A little bit later, we're going to have O.J. McDuffie, former great wide receiver of the Miami Dolphins, to discuss the life and legacy of Don Shula, a player that he played for for three years with the Miami Dolphins. And, of course, O.J. McDuffie uh, also doing a podcast on the Dolphins weekly called The Fish Tank, and will give us his thoughts on them drafting 
Tua in the first round. That's coming up in just a little bit. Before we go that route, perhaps there'll be a bio on Tua one day. And I think that what the documentary on the Chicago Bulls has at least done for me at this point is it's kind of got me thinking, as we discussed yesterday on the show, potentially some stories that are out there that we haven't heard about from either current or former athletes. And Joe, this is a very tough thing to do, which is why I give the filmmakers a lot of credit, and I know that you have experience in film as well, is, look, you can find the very best athlete. Like, you could take Mike Trout and stick him on TV and do a whole biopic, and people may not want to watch. You know, it's more about the character. It's more about the story. And so I thought it would be an interesting exercise for us to go through that a little bit today and look at some of the potential former or current stars that we'd like to see it done. But you have a film background. I can only imagine that it's it's really more about, I would I guess, the subject and the filmmaking. That's, that's the big part. Yeah, it's all about the story. It's all about the, uh, the, you know, the greatest players don't always make the best stories. It just so happen Michael Jordan does because Michael Jordan had some interesting twists and turns that you don't usually see. Plus, I think Michael Jordan's just journey to get there is very different than a lot of other great players because this is a guy that got cut from his high school basketball team. <laughs> I mean, that is not some – you don't really think of that guy becoming the greatest basketball no. player that ever lived, now do you? Um, but I think sometimes it's also the story you're not looking for. If you uh, – there's a great sports documentary. I don't know if you've seen it or not. Uh, it's one of the 30 for 30s. Uh, I actually got to interview a few years ago the director of it. And it was called Of Miracles and Men. It was the story of the Russian hockey team in 1980 and before. You know, the whole miracle on ice, but it was told from the other perspective. And understanding that these guys were lovable, incredible guys, and they were a family, and they had they loved their coach. And then what happened was they fired the coach, and they brought in this other guy that nobody hate, nobody liked at all. And there was this incredible story about this family and these great group of players and they were so good at what they did that everyone hated them because they won all the time. And Russia at the time was, you know, uh, was set up as a very evil superpower. And that couldn't be farther from the truth about these guys and how they were with each other. And to watch that story and watch it unfold and how wonderful and loving the coach was and, and how he trained them and, and brought them up and took care of them in his house and all these things. It's an incredible thing that you're never looking for that story. You're flipping the script, and I think stories like that are great. The The recent one, uh, was a two-hour one on the, the Chicago Bears, 1985. That story's fantastic. The assembly of that team, the conflict between Mike Ditka and Buddy Ryan, and then there's a two-hour one about the Buffalo Bills, too. I don't know if you saw that one, Craig. That one I did see. That was terrific. And, yeah, that and one I did see. That's yeah. a tough one to get through. You feel kind of like... You feel just like they do, like you had your heart ripped out. <laughs> you, know, you know what else was good? The HBO one with Ted Williams was really good. Yeah, that was. That was excellent. Yeah. That was, yeah. And you know what? They've we're very had a lucky. lot. We're very lucky because sports gives us so great true. stories. And I have always said it, theater and sports are the same thing to me. And that's what's so great. Sports is just a different kind of theater. It's a different opportunity. We have different players, different stories, and they all unfold. And it's all about execution, how well you can execute that story. For sure. All right, so uh, you know, I have just a short list of a few ideas that I'd like to just kind of throw out there, and and Joe, you could tell me if you have any interest at all in any of these stories. But uh, I, I, I too, ironically, two Jose's I have at the top here, uh, Jose Canseco. Now, the thing with Jose Canseco is that I think that you would gr get a great story if he would be willing to. I, I, I not look at it as self, <laughs> I was gonna say, you know, like, like story? Get him, him story being in the story is the problem. Like, I don't know if right. Joe, if he'd be able to do a legitimate interview where 
it just wouldn't be about other. But I would love to just his whole upbringing and more specifics about everything that he wrote about because his life is interesting. The women that were involved in his life, like I, I think that would be that would be I cool. Would sign me up. I'll watch that one. I mean, Jose Canseco, forty forty. Jose Canseco in nineteen eighty eight was it. When you he talk to him, he was it, man. I mean, that guy, the sky was the limit. He was the dude. He was everything that we were looking for. And we thought this was the star in baseball. And that it all kind of fell apart for him. He ended up, I think he still hit 500 home runs when all is said and done of all yes. the places he landed. Oh, listen, he would have been a Hall of Famer for sure. But, but his, all his of it was... impact on the game, positively and negatively, oh, yeah. is, is incredible. I mean, Madonna, it's, right? Was he oh, Madonna I mean, at one point? It, it is a great story. Again, it's it's almost like you'd never get the true story, and that's kind that's of what's fun about it. Yeah. It's almost like a fairy, like a like a fable. You know, you get pieces of truth, and you'd have to figure out which is true and which isn't. But I, I would definitely watch that one. Yeah. I, I'm in for that. My my son, uh, it was yesterday, the day before, says, "Daddy, did this really happen?" You know, he's got the YouTube video of the ball going hitting Kinsaco in the head and going over the fence. <laughs> oh, it happened. He's like, "Is it real? Was this real?" I'm like, "Yeah." He's like, How did that happen? He must not have been a good player. I'm like, "Actually, he was really good." And then we go through, you know, Kinsaco and what he did. Um, look, the tragedy of Jose Fernandez. Yeah. Someone is going to tell that story soon. I don't know when it's going to be done, Joe. It's going to happen. Like this is within the next five years. Someone is doing it. Yeah, um, I, I would definitely agree. I, you I can't have that. a player get this good and have this kind of magnitude in terms of a tragedy and not have a story be told. And by the way, there's a post story to be told too with his family now not having money and having all kinds of issues. Like there's a, a story to be told there. I don't know who will do it, but yeah, it's it, it, a very vivid memory for me. I remember actually being on this network live when in the news broke that it happened. I remember texting you and asking you to confirm it because I wasn't going to go on air with it. Because you know the internet nowadays with these hoaxes and Twitter no, and things was, like that. Real. And I said, I'm not going to report this until I know one person I know for sure who can confirm yeah, this. Yeah, the, the person who you. broke the the person <laughs> who broke the story uh, called me. Yeah. I confirmed it, and he waited like 40 minutes to put it out. He couldn't do it. He was like, oh My gosh, how can I? I I can't be wrong about this. Like no. I have to be right. I'm like, Yeah, no, it's real. I got him. And then I mean, we look at it as as a tragedy from a reporting story. It's like, of course, you want to you want to break the story, and and I could have, but somebody else got it first, so I just sat on it. And mm -hmm. the second that he put it out there, I did too. It's you know, not the most important thing, but as a reporter, you always want to. Uh, you know, have your story correct. And right. I think that that's, that's being lost a lot lately. Uh, Hakeem Olajuwon, maybe the next NBA guy? I don't know. Is this compelling enough, Joe, to have a Hakeem? I think I think it is. I mean, Hakeem Olajuwon, another one of the last great big centers. Uh, another one of these guys, too, that was in the Michael Jordan era, was just a phenomenal right. player that I think that had Michael Jordan not been around, he probably would have won more titles. I sure. think we could both agree with that. Absolutely. Um, I would love to see that because there's another great story, too, his journey to America, his journey to become what he became, and the influence then after, too, of a lot of other athletes that have come from a lot of different Absolutely. places and contributed. So, yeah, um, so far, you're three for three. You're, you're okay. doing very well here. And then the final one is, is someone will do this one as well. And it's not that I want to focus on a tragedy, but I would love to know how all those people are doing from uh, the, the tragedy of the 2013 Boston Marathon, not focusing on the killers, but focusing just on what happened the day. I'm sure there's footage that we've never seen. I feel like this is a story that's going to happen too. Like we're going to get this eventually uh, to focus on the rehabilitation and the physical nature of the people who, uh, you know, have recovered from this. Of course, a lot of people lost their lives as well. So uh, I'll end it with that. So those yeah. are those are mine.
Um, Joe, how about you? Do you have any that in particular sure. that you'd like to see? I do. Um, and, and with your Boston Marathon one, I think that's a, a great one because uh, remember the Boston Strong thing after it and a lot Absolutely. of uplifting, incredible yeah. stories. In I that think town. that's coming too. <laughs> yeah, I think it'll be great uh, going from one moment like that to another. I would like to see somebody give their due to September 21st, 2001, which was the first game back in New York City for baseball after 9-11. And I was very, very frustrated because when Ken Burns did the extended version, uh, you know, the 10th inning of his baseball series, <clears throat> talked about 9-11, and it all got wrapped up in the Yankees World Series. And no no disrespect to the Yankees. Yes, it was the World Series, and yes, they are the Yankees. But the Mets were the blue-collar team. The Mets were the fire department. The Mets were the, 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 the cops, you know, the, the iron workers. You know, that, that's, that's more the Met fan. They're more the blue-collar bunch for the most part. And I feel like it, it was actually stunning and shocking and appalling to me. Not one frame, not one frame from that game made that 10th inning. Mm. That Not the Piazza home run, not the first moment when everybody was on the field. I think talking about what it was like leading up to get back to play and then afterwards, especially now in the pandemic, I think that would be a fascinating thing for people to see what it's like and remember what it's like to readjust themselves back to whatever some semblance of normal is for whatever reason it is. I think that would be a great opportunity for that story to be told. And that was the beginning of the healing process and beginning to heal through baseball and to watch the Mets and the Braves, two horrific rivals, teams hated each other, <clears throat> to be able to come together. And the way they interacted during that game was incredible. I'd like to see that. Uh, I know we're going to get the Kobe Bryant one. I mean, that's certainly going to be coming that's soon. Yeah. And uh, that'll be a fascinating one, too, because Kobe Bryant, too, one of the last of the guys to come in at that age to the NBA with the different rules and changes. So. Sure. What an interesting story for him, and obviously not only his career, but post-career too, and tragic death. And Roberto Clemente, I think, is another one too that I would like to see more about him. I wonder Roberto why Clemente, that hasn't been done yet. I don't know. If you talk to any person of Puerto Rican background, they they will tell you. I mean, it, it's Roberto Clemente. He is he is like a godlike figure there, and I don't understand why we haven't gotten that because the ripple effect of Roberto Clemente was just enormous, and the man he was, and all of that. I'd like to see that. Kind of like your version of Jose Canseco, I'd like to see one about Ken Caminiti. I think there's a, there's, a, there's a life that we don't know a lot about. And a guy who was a pretty good player and then got into a lot of weird things <laughs> towards the end of his life. And I think that's a story that kind of needs to be told. And um, one that, you know, maybe it does and maybe it doesn't embody the steroid era, but maybe there's some underlying things there that we could take away and, and sure. learn more from that era from somebody like that as opposed to necessarily somebody like Jose Canseco, you know, or the Mark McGuire's. Let's let's look at some other version of this and and see what that tells us. And last is Ronda Rousey, another fascinating figure who really kind of, you know, I feel like she put women's fighting up until this whole other level, had a, had a short but very successful run with the WWE. Um, but in terms of important female athletes of the last decade, I think Ronda Rousey's probably in the top two with Serena Williams. I mean, it's got to be the two of them in terms of iconic in their sport. And this is another person, too, was sleeping in her car, grew up incredibly poor, judo champion, all these things, to rise and become something in MMA when MMA wasn't something for women. That's something that I would love to see. Yeah, really good suggestions, I think, on all of them. Uh, a couple of baseball ones that certainly would be fascinating. 
And yeah, from Caminiti's perspective too, I don't think that that story has been told at all. Like kind of no. what happened there in the last. And you know, and I know, because you've heard those stories too. Some some crazy things, some crazy yeah, times, no, I, I crazy think drugs, yeah. things, and all kinds. There's a great series called uh, Dark Side of the Ring that's on Vice right now, profiling some of the you know the more dark side of sure. of professional wrestling. And Caminetti kind of fits right into that vibe, and those are really good. So I'd love to see that style, but on Ken Caminetti. I think I think I would tune in. There you go. Look at us. Let's let's go make a deal with Netflix. You and me, Craig Mish. 50-50. We'll go bring it to Netflix right 60, now. 60-40. All right. So All right, here's, cool. what, here's what we're going to do. We'll uh, we'll take a quick timeout. We come back next. Former Dolphins wide receiver O.J. McDuffie joins us to talk about the life and times of his former head coach, Don Shula. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. And welcome back to Fantasy Sports Today here on Sports Grid. Very honored to have the greatest Dolphins wide receiver of all time. I can say it because <laughs> it is true. Don Shula, Jimmy Johnson, they figured out what to do with our next guest. Of course, he is in the Dolphins ring of honor. O.J. McDuffie, former Miami Dolphins wide receiver, former Penn State Nittany Lions wide receiver. And, of course, you can catch him on his podcast, The Fish Tank, uh, with Seth Levitt. They do a fantastic job interviewing all of the players from yesteryear. O.J., thanks for coming on uh, Fantasy Sports Today. What's happening? Man, doing well, Craig. How about you, man? I haven't, I haven't seen you in a while, buddy. It, it, it has been a while. I think last time we saw each other was at a baseball game. I know your family is doing really well. I want to ask you about that. I know your kids are f- fantastic growing up big. It's uh, good to catch up with you. Before we do that, though, let's get to uh, earlier this week on Monday, which I think hit a lot of us very hard who live here in South Florida, knowing that we're not going to have a chance to interact anymore with Coach Shula, who passed away at the age of 90. You, of course, played with Coach Shula. He drafted you. You played with uh, under him for, I believe it was three years, if I'm not mistaken, with the Dolphins. That's uh, what, what were your thoughts, OJ, when you heard the news? And, and then uh, I'd love to get some stories. But first, let's start off with just the man himself. Yeah, it rocked my world, man. It really did. Uh, the family and I were finally getting out of the house a little bit. Um, we don't we haven't gone anywhere, obviously, with, uh, with everything that's going on. Uh, so we just got going for a ride. We we're going to ride by and just do a drive by the beach, man, just to get some fresh air. It was a beautiful day. Uh, my wife made a joke. It's like it's 81 degrees outside, so it was like perfect day for us to go for a ride. And uh, you know, about halfway there, you know, my phone starts blowing up, and uh, that's when I got the news from a buddy of mine, actually from Missouri, he actually hit me up, and he had seen it or heard it on his ESPN uh, cat podcast uh, radio broadcast, and. And at that point, man, it just it shook me to the core. It really did. Because honestly, we just spent about three months ago, we were just hanging out with Coach for his birthday. And he was sharp. He was witty. He was funny. You know, everything about him was Coach. Just wasn't as much. You know, and, uh, to hear that tragic news, man, Craig, it, it really broke me down. Yeah. And, and, and OJ, look, you've been a South Florida resident for a long time. And I think I don't think that people on the outside really understand his influence just in pro football here in South Florida, essentially being a guy that was football for such a long period of time. When it, It's unfortunate to me, OJ, because people come and go and we look at the stats and we look at all the wins and we look at the Super Bowls he's, he's won. 
But the young guys don't really remember that before yeah. there was Belichick, you know, before the Patriots were having that dynasty, boy, Dolphins fans were really blessed to have that guy as the coach winning year after year. Yeah, man, when it goes back to when we first got him in the early 70s, uh, you know, obviously the perfect season team and, and all those great players, but a, a great coach coming in from the Baltimore Colts. And then, you know, through the 80s when Danny came along and had some of the guys like Duper and Clayton in the 90s when I was there, I mean, he um, – to last and survive, you know, three decades of, of really, really good football, a lot of playoffs, obviously a lot of wins, you know, still holding the, the wins. He brought to this, this uh, South Florida community, but the it wasn't just about football with Coach. It was about the community. The things that he had us doing next, the, uh, the, the connections that we made through a lot of things that he was uh, asking us to go out there and do. I mean, it was, uh, I mean, that's what it was all about. He teaches us how to win on the field, but then he teaches us about life and how to win off out of us. And that's why a lot of us still live here. Uh, the Dolphin organization has been great to us still. You know, they still embrace us. And a lot of that started with Coach Shula, the Robbies, the Hyzingas, now to Mr. Ross, and, of course, what uh, Steve Gar um, point now. Uh, but they're all tied in with Coach Shula. Shula's the one that made South Florida relevant when it came to sports. Yeah, it's, uh, it, it's really – it's really just kind of hard to sit back and, and go through everything that he's accomplished here. And and I do think that toward the end, people took him very much for granted. Nine or 10 wins was just not enough every single year. How many? There's 28 teams in the NFL that would take that right now for the next 10 years. Uh, but, but, but the one thing that I talked about yesterday, OJ, on the show, and you know I have the relationships with all of the, the former Dolphins doing TV mm -hmm. shows and radio shows. I don't know why, but for me, the one thing that I mentioned that sticks out to me is the stories that they would tell Coach Shula's competitive nature and how fierce this guy was a coach on the football field. Because, OJ, I think I'm a pretty good judge of character. When I talk to Coach Shula, and I have for the last 10, 15 years, I, it's almost impossible for me to believe that this guy could have any fire. He's the nicest <laughs> teddy bear guy that I've ever seen. It's like I, I, I know Nick Saban's not going to be that way when he's done. I know Bill Belichick is not going to be that when he's done i can't like to play for coach Shula. it's there yeah I, th I tell you what there's probably four different people craig i think the, the 70s Shula was way different than the 80s Shula was different than the 90s Shula was way different than the one that retired and became a pillar in south florida you know, doing the commercials doing all the charity work but he thinks seemed like he was at peace and just happy after he retired you know after what he went through his life and didn't run out you know, you know the, the way it went on, went down with him at the end, it wasn't right. You know, and uh, but Coach Shula handled it like a champ as usual. But at the same time, though, you could tell that he evolved into a person that was like you talk about a lot nicer, a lot calmer. You know, at peace with what he had done and what he had accomplished. And so I know I talked to seventy-two guys. You guys got it easy. I said, what? <laughs> that was easy. But in early days, we're talking about two days walkthrough. You know, right. so I guess. It changed as it went along, and then, of course, at retirement, you know, he was just able to just go out and, and, and tell stories and, and reflect and enjoy what he'd accomplished. But most important for him, though, Craig, was what he accomplished as a team and never never really talked about his individual accomplishments, which are, which are numerous. For sure. Uh, and, and I know just him, and so I'm hearing over the, the stories. I saw some of the video streams from uh, Dan Marino and Larry Zonka and Bob Greasy. For yourself, what is the one story 
that last night before you went to sleep or this morning just kind of thought about? Like, what's the first story that comes to mind with you and Coach? Oh, man, there are, there are a couple. I think the first one I got was a mini camp. You know, when you get drafted to a new city right away and there was a mini camp. Um, so for me, you know, that's the first time I ever got a chance to learn the offense. You know, you know, there's a lot of veterans on that team. You know, obviously the, the Danny Reno's, the, the, the Mark Dupers, we just got or Tony Martins and all those guys are already on the roster. You know, me, I'm, I'm looking at the depth chart. I'm probably my punt returner. You know, I'm just working my way in. So I got a chance to go with the, the number ones one time in, in, in minicamp, right? And so Danny calls a play. No idea what the play is. No idea. But I know for a fact, Craig, that this play was not – we didn't install this play. But the other guys knew it because they've been there already, right? So I call timeout. And Shula – Chews my ass. He's like, what, what What? are you calling timeout for? I said, but coach, I don't know this play. I, I, I don't know this play. He said, well, is it in your playbook? I'm like, well, I'm sure it is. He said, well, learn your damn playbook. And that was the last time I got a chance to run with the number ones for two or three months, man. That was it. I blew my opportunity right there. And so that was my initial, you know, uh, introduction to how Shula was going to be. But what it did, it, it put my butt. I got my butt in that, that playbook. That's for sure. And I learned every single position as a wide receiver. Yeah. And look, the rest is history with you for sure. You went on to have a fantastic career in the NFL. And um, and we all certainly will remember Coach Shula. And, um, yeah, there's, it's just the stories are just endless. And, and it's really kind of fun when someone can live 90 years old that you can sort of celebrate their life. And in this difficult time, I think it's a nice little distraction from everyone to hear those old stories, to watch all the old video that we saw a few days network was showing um while i have you here uh, I, I mean the dolphins seem to have maybe put together one of their best drafts ever recently oj i would think uh, i mean they all the smoke and mirrors that they had to try and get to and ended up effective that's kind of seemed how it was it was the guy that they wanted here and i would have to imagine as a former dolphin it seems like after, finally, after maybe, I don't know, about a decade, the, the tide really does seem to be turning here. I mean, I certainly can't speak as well as you can to all the rest of the draft picks. I'm certainly, I know the names and I'm familiar with the names. But start off with getting to, uh, I mean, there was, uh, to me, it was just like a no break from the start. I don't even know why anybody was even discussed outside of him. Yeah, you know, the only question, Craig, was his health. You know, and you think about any sport when you have a hip injury, that's one thing that you, you worry about with any sport, not just, especially in football, such a, 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 a violent sport at times. But, I mean, think about it. We were, you know, and then it looked like we were today. It looked pretty bad at the beginning. And But Coach Flo, man, he he pulled that He's team right. together, brought in a bunch of guys that, you know, that were buying in, let go of guys that weren't buying in, and he got that respect in the locker room. And look, you know, how, how, how it works out, man, where Tua still is sitting there at number five. And I'm glad that we didn't reach up and weren't worried about somebody jumping up to get him or getting somebody that we didn't want to have to do. Right. Able to keep all of our first-round picks. And, you know, I thought it was a just, just great job by Coach Flo and Chris Greer and what they did in terms of staying pat and still being able to get Tua. And I think Tua is going to have an opportunity to grow into a system I think Fitzpatrick is going to be able to do a great job of holding it down for a little while. We still have Rosen on the roster. I mean, the, the team is looking really good in the way they've stacked it up, created a lot of competition, got some linemen, you know, where, you, where everybody knows, Craig, it's cliche, but you got to start in the trenches, man. And we were, we're starting to build those trenches with young guys and some, some guys that are tough and talented, and that's where it's all going to be. But you got to be able to get there and get your, your franchise quarterback. I'm glad we were able to get him at five and, and, like I said, not reach for him. 
Yeah, I, I think that, look, I mean, it, it had to happen eventually, and the, the quarterback had to be drafted for sure. Uh, we got about a minute left. I'd love to hear how your family is doing and how everything is for you personally. As I mentioned, you can hear O.J. McDuffie simply just by checking him out on Twitter at O.J. McDuffie. Also, The Fish Tank is the great podcast that he and It's been around now for a few years. They do a great job, a lot of good historical stories. But, uh, O.J., how is, how is your family? I know that your kids are doing amazing things. Yeah, we're doing well, man. I appreciate you asking, Craig. Uh, you know, the wife is holding it down. You know, during this pandemic, she's got us all prepared with uh, all the, the wipes and all the Clorox and all the Lysol and everything that we need. Uh, we've got the, the fridges full. You know, the only thing that, you know, that's tough is our, you know, my, my oldest son is a senior now and the season got cut really short. They had a great team I thought was going to win it all in baseball. You know, baseball players, as you I know. I know. Yeah. <laughs> I can't. I'm chomping at the bit to hear more about this. I mean, yeah, for sure. yeah, and he's going to University of Tampa for school and for baseball, which is going to be great. Still on spring break, you know, it's hard to get in Zoom and everything else they're doing online. But uh, you know, we are we're doing, you know, considering what's going on out there in the world. There's a lot of people that are worse off than we are. Yeah, for sure, and uh, that definitely needs to be said. OJ McDuffie always been. Uh, so charitable with all of his efforts. Great Halloween party every single year. I've always been a big part of that. And uh, honestly, one of the great play in a Miami Dolphins uniform, OJ, for sure. Uh, well, you appreciate you, Craig, man. You you some opportunities, man. And I of course, man. Listen, it's been great. Great to broadcast. Your song, you and your family. And, uh, and all the best to you through this, and we'll catch up again soon, okay? Hey, we'll take a quick time out, and we'll be back with more right after this. Don't go away. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. 